can do this. I'm rewinding. I got it. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. Uh, This is a big deal today. I just want to let you know that uh, we're not burying Mike. But the, the relationship that's been built over these years, I'm so glad that even though he's handing it over to him, our relationship will continue. We'll just have to figure out new and interesting ways to have fun together. Um, it's just been an honor serving this church and serving, you know, Mike and, oh yeah, and Cindy, Mrs. Pastor. Um, so I just want to say that up front because eventually, yes, it'll be about Matt and yes, it is about Jesus. Uh, I want to share some things that will help all of us to really have an opportunity to appreciate just what's going on here. But before I do, Mike, um, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against that. Man, that was a killer interpretation. That was like drop the mic. Well, I want you to appreciate that interpretation. I was in Israel like for the seventh time in July, and one of our ministry partners, he knows everything about Israel because he's Israeli, and uh, he took us to the gates of hell. And there's this place called the gates of hell, this huge, huge cave that goes down and probably into the depths of hell. And on the side is this big um, stone slab. And uh, Leon Mazin, he's a pastor there, he started describing what was going on. He goes, um, this place was the epicenter of all the demonic idolatry in, in, in the whole region. Everybody knew that if you wanted to go worship or be, be touched by a demon or anything like that. You got to come here because they had a whole bunch of them. It was like a summit meeting place. And they did sacrifices. There was this, there was this slab where there were sacrifices to all these demons. And then he goes, you know that portion of scripture that says, you know, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said there are two correct interpretations of what that means. One is, you know, the typical one, like, as Jesus reveals himself um, to his people, as he as he builds his church, as he does that, the church will be built, and the evidence will be that it advances the kingdom, and, and the enemy can't stop it. He goes, that's good. And we're going, well, that's good, Leon. There is no other interpretation. He goes, oh, no, 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 there's another one. Think of Jesus just having a little swag and he's in the very epicenter of all that's demonic. All, all the, all, all the religious Jews were afraid of that place because you know, all that darkness and there's that stone there that where all this sacrifice, right, to, to these demon gods and Jesus is sitting there going, I'm going to build my church on this rock. I will build my church. And the enemy can't stop me. It's a completely different. He's going, 
on this rock, the place where so much darkness has been sacrificed. Uh, right in the middle of the worst of the worst, right there I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Isn't that sort of cool? Yeah, well, it got me excited. Oh, that's right, we're in Minnesota. Yeah, that was good. Okay. For most of us, what's going to happen today is really a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, many times when there's, you know, handing, you know, getting a new leader and all, either the pastor did something stupid and he gets fired, or he dies, or he goes, I can make better money, you know, I'm going to go to another church, or he goes, I can make better money, I'm going to go take another job, or these elders, my gosh, Jesus couldn't handle them, so I'm leaving. I mean, there's all these reasons why Lee, don't worry, I'm going to say something nice about the elders here. Well, he hasn't left. Anyway, no, but seriously, there are so many reasons why there are transitions. And so usually they're very painful, very challenging things. That's not what this is. The transition first is really God's idea. He's been plotting this for a long time. So we should really see this as not, well, we're getting a new pastor. And, you know, he's young. Yeah, he's a young buck. Well, you know, let's just give him some rain and maybe he'll, he'll do a good job, but he'll learn, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, please, please don't do that. Uh, this transition is really God's job, God's idea. He started this thing, he's brought it to this place, and he's going to complete the thing. And for us to appreciate really what is going to happen, um, I want to just say a few things about the context. And I got enough information about this church and the leaders and, and Matt that it's spiritual, but... I, I'm speaking from experience, okay? So there's a, first there's a, a biblical framing, a biblical setting. It's real easy. You know, um, Moses spent a long time leading the people of Israel to the promised land. And along the way, God did incredible things. Incredible things. And then Moses was stupid. And then God took him home. And Joshua became the guy. And the very first thing God told Joshua was, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now this is where the analogy breaks down. Amen. Moses, for crying out loud, is still here. But there's more to what... Because Joshua knew Moses was dead because Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. What, what he was really saying is, hey, Joshua... It's the same mission. Take people out of, out of bondage and then bring them into the promised land. It's the same mission, but there's a transition, a different leadership style that is ideally suited for the next phase. I mean, this church is, you guys are in the middle of nowhere. You realize that? I mean, the closest humanity is, oh, the church in Marshall. <laughs> no, 
No, but I mean, it's amazing. And look at this place. And look at the impact. And I believe God is saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. Your impact. Your impact is going to go far beyond what you're currently experiencing. And it's not like Mike can't do it. It's not his job to do it. It's going to be his job to, t- to lead this church and the elders into the next season of ever-increasing influence. So that wasn't in my notes. That sure felt good, didn't it? Um, and thank God Mike is still alive. Um, so before I talk about another context, you know, Jesus, you know, if we do our job, when we die, we go to heaven, and... And if we've been faithful, Jesus goes, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest, right? Uh, But it doesn't say that's the only time Jesus can say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, You're not going to be entering into your rest anytime soon. And golf, well, get it in now, because we all know in heaven there is no golf. There's no tears and no swearing in heaven. It's true. But um, you don't want it to be about you, and it won't really be about you. Um, Mike and Cindy, would you please stand up? This is what God says. Thank you, Mike and Cindy. Good faithful servants. Thank you. Good and faithful servants. Leave off the second part. So, um, that's your word for today. So here, here's the current setting. You know, we have a biblical setting that, you know, there's, there's Moses going to Joshua, same mission. It's just going to look a little different, and it should be. But just right now, what's the current setting? What's the best way to really understand what it, what it means to set this guy in? If we just look at it as, well, Mike's, you know, a little older, he's younger, you know, it's not that. Today marks a culmination of, it feels like a decade-long process. There has been how Mike has led, how Mike has received oversight, how Mike has worked with this incredible team of elders. I am all around the world. I know leaders. I know elders team. This, this group of elders... I'd stack them up against anybody. Uh, how, how they have shepherded, how they have just really decided, we're going to take care of the church and we're going to lead the church as the Lord leads us. I've really never seen anything like this. I wrote down some good things about Mike and the elders. Uh, they demonstrated a commitment to the following things. Not perfect. Jesus died for all the elders, okay? Um, They demonstrated their commitment to the authority of Scripture. 
over the best ideas they could come up with. They have demonstrated a commitment to prayer, not only personally, but corporately. I've just seen it. Servant leadership. They've demonstrated toward one another and toward the body, servant leadership. Not once have I seen any of these leaders lord it over anybody. Um, there's a kingdom unity amongst those elders. Um, yeah, they argue, they fight, they have meet with Jesus. But, you know, in, in Psalm 133, when brothers dwell together in unity, it's like oil, as they say in the South, oil. Oil that goes from the head, the place of leadership, over the, the whole body. It says, And it's there that God commands the blessing. Um, these, these leaders have pursued kingdom unity, relational unity. And one of the good things is they sort of like each other as well. They work well, but they like each other. They're submitted to authority. Not in some slovenly, slavenly thing, but they understand authority. Um, they have this really weird faith in God's power, in God's wisdom, in God's faithfulness. I've seen it time and time and time again. And maybe the most important thing, the leadership team over the years has demonstrated a real commit, commitment to loving people biblically. It's just been incredible. So they hear from God, they work to God, they pray together. Brother, you've been tested. I mean, I mean, Oh, man, we know all about you. We know more about you than Jesus does. It's incredible. I've got friends in the special forces. We know stuff. But in any case, they cared so much that they were, let's follow the Lord. Who is the right guy? It's, I, you may not know how godly your elders are, but I'm telling you, this transition has been as smooth and as anointing as it has simply because they decided to do this thing together and do it right, okay? And they ended up with the right guy, right? Um, so, no elders doing what they're doing, no Matt Cherry today. All this, they've led the church to a place where they can set in the right guy at the right time in the right way. So no special handing over the baton without all the years of setting the stage. No pressure. Um, today also marks, yes, the passing of a baton. This passing of a baton really is God's choice. And it's God's choice to saddle you with the burden of leading the church to move forward into whatever God thinks is the more. I mean, this is great what we got, but surely there's got to be more, right? And, and a resounding amen. No, we're good. There's something about your God's idea. Now, Matt, um, you're not dying either. And I know Jesus died for you. And you have such a high degree of self-knowledge. Um, you are so not cocky about this. So that, that's really good. That being said, 
He's been tested. He's been examined. Um, so I'm going to say some nice things about you. Okay? Like Joshua, he's a praying man. His foundation is his prayer life. He's a solid family man. Really, ask his wife. She'll tell you. And, you know, not to schmooze. She'll go, yeah, there's sometimes he needs a little kick in the butt. And thank God I'm as strong as he is. But, man, I'd follow that man anywhere. Um, he would literally lay his life down for his wife and his family. Um, you're a proven man. And you know where he got proven? Not in church setting, but out in the world. I mean, out in the world. You're proven. You had a good name before you came here. Yeah, you're gifted. You can preach. You can communicate. What I really like about him is he's a man of the word and the spirit. What this means is he's not into the, okay, everybody, let's get do the charismatic happy dance at Walmart. That's not what he's saying. But the word and the spirit are designed by God to work together to build the church, to advance the kingdom, change people's lives. And he doesn't change one for the other. If he had to lean, he'd probably say, well, I'd go more for the word, right? But without the spirit, without the spiritual gifts, I think it was great that on a setting in time, we get a message in tongues. Whoa! (laughs) You know? You know, at the end of the service, we'll bring out the snakes and no, no, but I mean, there's something about, we're not going to make a big deal of the spiritual gifts, but we're not going to hide them either. And that's how he is. You're brother, you're just weird. You got eccentricities, but you have a high degree of self-knowledge and you are a relationally healthy man. And by that I mean, you sort of have an idea of who you are and where you're going, but you are submitted to authority. You are incredibly teachable. If someone says something that you disagree with, especially those in authority, you'll go, and you will really think about it. You're nobody's slave, but you are a relationally healthy man. Um... Oh, yeah, one last thing. You're a called man. He didn't say, well, I'm just called to ministry. Where's the latest gig? He was called by God to lead here. It's You're a called man. So, years of doing the hard work to set the stage for a proven man to take the church to a new level of influence, this is not just a handing over the baton. This is God demonstrating, I own this church. I own this church. I own the leadership. I own the vision of this church. When we lay hands on him, I just want to let you know this is not a ritual. Um, In the laying on of hands... There's an anointing. There's a there's an anointing that comes upon him that he's not entitled to until it's his time to lead. You've had a lot of things to think about. 
you got plans and all that. But brother, as you are right now, you can't pull that off without the anointing of God. When we lay hands on you, the Holy Spirit will come on you in a special way and it will help you go forward. So what we're going to witness is a supernatural impartation of the Spirit of God. Where it's not us setting him in, it's God setting him in and we're just part of it. And I just have, a, this is for, for victory, the church. So Joshua, he's the lead guy. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 16 through 17, he's trying to get everybody, you know, he's doing relational stuff. And he's going to take everybody in, in, into the new season, right? And there are these, there are these three um, tribes that went up to him. Um, they said, hey, Joshua, whatever you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Like, we're with you. And then, he go, then they go, just as we fully obeyed Moses. Stop there. Now, right, Mike's sitting there going, wait a second. Is this a good thing for Joshua? Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. We're behind you a million percent. So long as you're just a younger version of Mike Nelson. I encourage you to take that way of thinking. You you can't get rid of it, but give it lower priority. Well, that's not how we did it. Yeah, I know, but that was Mike and this is Joshua. Okay, I'm mad. I encourage you. He will build on what's been going, but he's going to do things just a little different. If he's smart, he'll have the mind of an entrepreneur, but the heart of a farmer. Got to grow some of the things, right? You got it. But don't put conditions on this guy and say, well, so long as what you do is just like what we're familiar with, we'll follow you. Um, So I want to pray for us. And then Doug will probably have something much shorter, much shorter, because he's, he's my friend. I could have said it. That was good. Thank you. You saved me a spiritual spanking. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you that this is, this is not just an ordinary setting in. This is a big deal in your eyes. God, uh, thank you for the faithfulness of this church. Thank you for the faithfulness of, of its leaders. Thank you for the leadership culture. I, I give you thanks. Um, and God, you reward faithfulness with the new guy and increased vision. Um, bless this day as, as just a marker that a new season started here at Victor. Amen. Well, we're not only blessed to have Ben here, we also have Doug Wing here. Again, most of you that are regular attendees know Doug. Doug is not only the pastor of Grace Life Church in Marshall, sister church of ours, he is the leader of Truebridge, the fellowship of churches that we at Victory belong to. And we're blessed to have him here and, and this important 
uh, time in the life of this church. So, Doug, would you come on up here? They're going to try that one again. All right. Well, we see in Scripture how God created all things, and when he got done with it, he said, this is good. And this is a good day, and I just want to take a moment to recognize Mike and Cindy and the elders, like Ben had said, in the process that God had brought you all through, as well as the church. This is a, a good day, and God is doing a great thing in each of you. I was praying this morning asking what God would have for Matt, and I had a vision of when I was early in college, 15 of us friends decided to go to Duluth downhill skiing. Well, I've never done that before, but I've always been up for adventure of doing things that could kill me. So I thought, how bad this could be? So we get there, we get to the top of the mountain. I realized my friends took me to a black diamond, which I didn't know what that was, but I was the worst, the steepest hill. So after a few times that they shot down it, I've never skied before, I tumbled down it. That wasn't difficult enough to decide, let's try the moguls. Does anybody know what the moguls are? So it's a steep hill. Now they decide to put piles of snow in the midst of the hill, and you got to go through them as well. And then it was even more frustrating that I would get in these moguls, and I would try to slow my momentum down, and I'd get stuck in them. And then I have to put my skis on and get back up to get the momentum again to get down the bottom of the hill. The worst part is when these six-year-old kids would come flying past you at 100 miles an hour and get to the bottom of the hill. And the reason I share that is because I believe two things, <clears throat> Ben mentioned things about Matt that are really his calling card, that God is going to grow him in, in two primary areas. One is vision. See, when you're on top of a mountain and you got to look down to see the bottom, you have to have a clear idea of where you're going. you got to have vision. And God, as we set hands on him, Matt's going to have a vision of how to impact this community and beyond. God's going to give him that vision. And it's one thing to have vision because a leader can get vision and say, I want to get to the bottom and him just go and get there. But that's not enough. He's got to understand the momentum. He's got to understand the people that he's leading that would go with him to manage his momentum and the mission momentum of those that he's leading. And he's going to do that well. See, this young kid, six years old, could see the bottom of the hill and he would run to it. And great leaders have that vision, but they also know how to lead other people's down the hill. If you're leading and nobody's following, you're just going for a long walk. He's going to be a man of great vision, but he's going to understand the momentum that's needed to get through obstacles. Some may say my mogul, where I want to rest in is I want to be a discipleship making church. I just want to make disciples. And there may be another one to say, no, I just want to be all about evangelism and reaching the lost. Maybe we just want about reaching the poor and needy. That's, that's the primary focus. Matt is going to be able to have vision for all those things and lead you through every challenge that comes. He's going to have vision from God, but he's going to understand the momentum that's needed to get there. First Peter 5, 2 says this, and I believe this is going to be a real strength of him as a leader. It says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. There may be days you drive to work and say, really? i got to go to work again? I feel you as a leader. You're going to be willingly watch over the flock. This is not for what you get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. You know that serving this church, you're doing unto the Lord, not to please man. 
He's not here to serve you in the sense that that's where he gets his direction from. It's from the Lord. He's going to serve God to the best ability with the passion of serving you. But it says, because you are eager to serve God, don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. He's going to lead you. He's going to challenge you to go through things and experience things that maybe you're afraid of. Maybe asking you to come up and share a testimony. And one of your greatest fears, I had somebody share this yesterday. One of my greatest fears, Pastor Doug, is you're going to ask me to come up on the stage and share something. Matt may do that to some of you. But as you begin to take those steps and he leads you into and out of your comfort zone, you're going to see God do great things. So Matt, I challenge you with this this morning. To be called in the ministry, you have to have two things. Internally, you have to feel called. This is not just a regular old job. Matt, do you feel called to shepherd this church? The second thing is others have to affirm that calling. And like Ben said, that's been a process. Ben is here from North Carolina. I'm here. Mike, the elders, they have affirmed the calling of this man. So that's what we're doing here today. He feels called, and we're affirming that calling. To be successful in ministry, you have to have two things. You have to be a man of prayer, and you have people praying for you. I ask you to make them a priority to pray for them as a family. Okay? Your responsibility is not just to make sure Matt does an okay job, but to really pray for him, to intercede for him and his, for his family and his children and for each other. So I've asked Matt this question. Do you feel called? And also that you have clear vision. Doesn't mean he has it all figured out, but that he has vision from God to lead this church into the next season that God has for him. And I believe and trust that God's going to do great things. The best is yet to come. So I'm going to invite Matt and Olivia up and the elders, Doug and Lisa, where are you at? Why don't you guys come on up? And we're going to lay hands on Matt and Olivia, and we're going to bless them. Ben? If any of our elders' wives would like to come up, we'd love to have you come up here too. All right, so anybody that's up here that would like to pray, we want you to take the microphone and do so. Uh, Pastor Doug will end that in our time of prayer. So anybody feel like they're ready to start this? Uh, Doug mentioned uh, when he was praying for Matt. And uh, last night uh, I asked the Lord, I said, how do you want me to pray for Matt? And just that quick, I got three things. It was wisdom, humility, and strength. And I thought it was unique how humility is sandwiched in between two great things that we all admire, wisdom and strength. But Paul had a lot of teaching on that. Paul had had uh, run into times when he was totally wiped out. But then he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Lord, today we pray for this transition. And Lord, we know it's your calling. 
It's your movement, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we see good things. We see great things. And Lord, we do ask that you give him this wisdom that's from above, which is clean, pure, and holy. And Lord, let you sandwich it with humility, knowing that the greatness of this whole transition is from heaven itself. And that Matt and Olivia would look up to that and say, this is where our strength is from. And the strength that he's given, we see in Ephesians chapter 1. The unbelievable strength that God has given his leaders and his church. Lord, we thank you. Matt and Olivia are a gift to us. A precious gift. And we hold this gift dear to us. And we thank you, Lord, and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Matt, uh, right before we got to public word, uh, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want, want to share with Matt? today and uh, I had this vision if you will and I believe it has something to do with the public word that we got and uh, I seen you going to involve out of this cocoon into this majestic butterfly now I'm not saying you're a butterfly but what I'm saying is is that this thing was very large and it was beautiful just absolutely beautiful and it had a heavy armor of God on it like beyond normal and what this represented is that you're going, I believe God is going to anoint you and gift you very heavily in inner healing with people that the gates of hell will not prevail against no longer. And that you're going to be able to move freely in the spirit because that's what the wings and just moving like a butterfly and stuff. You'll move with God in this very strong. Two things. One is a word of wisdom. Great that you have vision. It's God-given vision. But there's a lot of unfulfilled vision already in the house. And God's really challenging you to mine the unfulfilled vision that the current leaders have been carrying and steward that. Um, and the second thing is it sounds so cheesy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord has nothing to do with how happy you are. The joy of the Lord is really God's attitude toward you. His joy toward you will be your strength. Because you ain't always going to be smiling. Going, isn't this great? Hallelujah. Um, and I, rem- I was reminded in Hebrews, Jesus was going through a tough time. An angel came and gave him the oil of joy. So, instead of waiting for tough times, which we might as well do a preemptive strike. In the name of Jesus, we we release the oil of joy upon them. That it would not just be a, a one-off deal, but they would be able to draw from the joy of the Lord all the days of their life. That no matter how difficult things get, challenging 
they will be absolutely just centered in, well, God's happy with us. If nobody else is, is well, it stinks being them. Um, may they be established in the joy of the Lord. Amen. I think that's probably the softness of your voice. Later. I think that um, just for the church, if you don't know, I'm Olivia's dad. And Mindy is Olivia's mom. And Doug is Matt's dad. And Lisa is Matt's mom. So the four of us probably could speak to this as well as anybody about the, the, the youth here. We got a couple of young leaders, don't we? I want to tell you, church, that these two, both of them, have supernatural maturity. Supernatural maturity. And I've seen it more in Olivia because I've spent more time with Olivia, but I've also seen it in Matthew. You know, one of my favorite things to tell of my sweet daughter is what I would catch her doing. How many people catch their 13-year-old daughter reading the Word at 5 in the morning? (laughs) How many dads get get to catch their daughter worshiping like you did on your 18th birthday? you're going to need that. And you can do it together. And as I've seen you walk out your spiritual maturity, the supernatural maturity, we are in a very blessed position here as a church. And Matt and Olivia, I just want to um, just pray for you now in that area of wisdom and anointing and favor amongst people, amongst men, amongst the people you lead in this church and the people outside that are watching. God, we just pray for favor, for wisdom, and for anointing on these leaders. We thank you, God, for developing Olivia and Matthew the way that you have, Lord. And as they have allowed you to pour your spirit inside of them, God, would you pour out of them, Lord, in this uh, in this mission that you've given them, we thank you. We thank you, and we just say we agree with what you are doing here. We thank you. We bless them. We bless you in Jesus' name. Um, Matthew and Olivia, first, what a joy it is to see what God's chosen to do with the two of you. And uh, your mom and I are so excited and so thrilled that uh, our answers are just uh, in the process of being fulfilled for you guys to glorify God with your lives and to throw out the nets and bring in the harvest. What a thrill and uh, what a reward it is to us to see this. And uh, I... uh, just was thinking of the words that Timothy spoke in Second Timothy to his spiritual son. I think they're appropriate today for you as my son and you as my daughter when he said, 
I am mindful, and the literal, what he said was, I am receiving remembrance of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother. He said, Lois. And uh, Matthew, just a month ago, I found, and I shared it with Micah because he offices next to me, I found the obituary of your great, great grandfather, William Arntzman. And uh, I hadn't seen it before. And I trembled as I read down through there to see if it would say. But I hoped it said. And it didn't say he was a member of this church or that. It said that he opened his heart and he received Christ as Lord and Savior. And then I flipped through the papers that I had found. And he was standing there with my grandfather, your great-grandfather, Roy Arntzman, in a stroller. And he stood in front of one of the buildings at McKendry College. He had been called into the ministry. And so I uh, remind you to remember, and we remember, the, the faith of William and Daisy Arntzman and Evelyn Cherry and Roy and Mabel Arntzman and John and Avenil Cherry and Earl and Sandra Renshaw. That faith before you. And I am sure, he says, it's in you as well. <laughs> And I know they were rejoicing in heaven because I know they were praying like we pray over the generations that we'll never see. And I know this is a day of rejoicing in heaven. And then he said, for this reason, for this reason, I remind you, stir into flame the gift that is within you. By the spiritual laying on of hands and the physical laying on of hands that... God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, but join with us in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Matthew, you know that when I went to my dad and told him I was called to ministry, I remember sitting in the car with him probably remember what he said. Dad, I feel the Lord's called me to come back here to Southern Illinois and start a church. And he said, son, I don't want you to get hurt. (laughs) And I don't want you to get hurt. And so based upon that, I sit and chuckle how it's common for everyone here to wonder, how will Matthew and Olivia do for us? These two and these two wonder, how will you do? For them. (laughs) So I have a word out of Hebrews 13 for both of you. First for you, and you've heard it many times. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. Do this with joy and not with grief, for it would not be profitable to you. (laughs) So I exhort you to follow that. And also Matthew and Olivia. They keep watch over your souls. They will give an account. What a balance. You guys are going to give an account, and you're going to give an account for what happens here. And I just believe by the Spirit of God it's going to work for the glory of the kingdom, the building of the church. And your mom and I want to just let you guys know we cut you free to go so much further than we did. I love the old Movies of the Amazon forest and the natives go and they cut with their machetes a path 
for those who follow. And I pray that your mom, I pray that the Arntzmans and the Cherries and the Renshaws and the Robinsons have cut a path and that you will go to the end of that path quickly, that you may go much further in your children beyond. Father, we give you the praise today and we thank you. Father, that you have considered this couple worthy, that you would call them into the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Strengthen them with power by your spirit in their inner man. Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, and they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend in spite of everything that goes on around them and the challenges of the fallen world. What is the height, the depth, the length, the breadth? To know the love of God, which surpasses all knowledge. Father, and be filled with all the fullness. Father, I think you're able to do exceeding abundant beyond what they can ask or think according to the power that's at work within them. And for this, we just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, honey, I took your time and mine. No, that's more <laughs> if you have something. Go right ahead. Just one quick word. You know, son, you've heard us say many times that when we raised our children in our home, we didn't have everything we needed. How many of you could say that when you were raising your kids? We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and we made mistakes we wish we could go back and fix. But we got one thing right. Isn't that good when you can look back and say, well, I got this piece right. We said if we could just raise children who could hear the voice of the shepherd and have a heart to follow it, that we would be content. And I want you to know, I'm very content that by God's grace, he has done that in your life. And I want to challenge you that if you will do that one thing, and you will do it every day, dear, the voice of your shepherd, and a heart to obey, that you will walk forward in the plan of God, and these precious people right here will walk forward with the call of God. Amen. Father, I thank you that I can testify that through all the silliness of growing up and all the ups and downs, and Lord, I could tell this congregation stories, I have seen and I have watched and I can confess and believe that this young man at a very young age, at a very tender age, heard the voice of a shepherd. And Father, he showed me as his mother, he had a heart to obey. And Lord, you've brought into this moment those commandments that are very, very simple, listen and obey, are for him now, for his precious wife that I love, for this congregation, for these elders, for these leaders. Lord, I rejoice. I see in this place a heart to listen and obey. I don't see perfect people. I see faithful people. Faithful are you who have called this congregation and you will bring it to pass for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Matt, I wasn't going to speak, but I need to. So you have been brother in Christ to me, and then friend to me, and now pastor to me. And I just have a prayer uh, for you. Father, I just come before you, and the word you've just given me is grace. Father, we understand your grace through what you've done in the sending of your son, that we may know you and love you and be right before you. But Lord, grace is so much more than that. And I ask now, Father, through your spirit, that you impart a new gift of grace 
in the life of Matt Cherry and in Olivia and them as a couple. Father, I just pray that this grace that you give him, that he would realize it is not his, that this gift, Father, that you give him, you will give him for this ministry, for serving this body, for building up and encouraging the body of Christ, that we may know and grow you, grow in you and grow in our maturity. And, and Father, I just pray every day that you just give him grace for the day, that you just give him what he needs, Father, to stay rooted in you, that you would lead him by your spirit, that he may just know and feel your grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. I wanted to share this. I've, I've talked about Olivia with Olivia about this a little bit, but my wife stands here married to a pastor, but there's no calling in the scriptures for it to be a pastor's wife. It's not an office that I can see in the church, but it's a role that they play. But you can put way too much burden on yourself if you think that you're called to be something that you're not. Cindy's biggest fear was, I'm not a pastor's wife. <laughs> because she had an idea what that was supposed to look like. And she just flowed in her giftings and her uh, anointing in the areas that God led her to. And one of those, of course, was keeping me online. Your turn. with. <laughs> My loving wife just said it'll be easier for you. <laughs> What's sad is she's right, but anyway. So and just that a simple scripture goes well with this prayer. And this was for both of you, but for you too, especially maybe. When, when Paul was going through all kinds of stuff, the Lord just spoke those words to him. My grace is sufficient for you. Power is perfected in weakness. Don't try to be anything you're not. Just be who you are. And he tries to put too much on you, just let me know. Okay. Father, so we pray for these two. God, with the confidence, knowing that your grace is sufficient. In that grace, there is a favor that they don't earn or deserve, but there's also a power that is released. And we pray to and thank you that that promise is true, that your grace is sufficient for these two and all things that will come. Amen. Doug, come on down here. Yeah. All right. Well, for the congregation, if you extend your hands, let's bless this wonderful couple. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the things that you have yet to do. We thank you for the, the time and the place that this is, and we just uh, affirm and confirm the calling upon Matt and Olivia, and we just pray a blessing over them. We now establish and set him in as a senior leader of Victory Christian Church. And we thank you that you're going to go before him, and we pray a shield of faith over his life, his family, that you would stop every fiery dart of the enemy. Lord, that would try to steal the calling and the joy upon them. God, we pray for rest and peace, and we now acknowledge as the body of Christ that Matt Cherry is a senior leader of Victory Christian Church. And all God's people say, Amen. Woo!
Yeah, sounds good. Are you guys going to stand here while I talk? You're going to sit down. Let's go on the stage. Sorry, I'm going to make you come with me. <laughs> sit down. Doug, this is nice. Can I take it home with me? So I have to apologize. <laughs> I do. I have to apologize. I had some sickness early in the week, so I have lost my voice. But after singing, I'm actually doing pretty well. So um, I apologize for that. But this is what you got today. Am I all right, Ethan? Should I speak a little closer? Okay. Some people just don't know quite how to hold a mic. And that's... <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. You said be yourself. Well, Olivia and I just stand here today. We don't have a lot to say, to be honest. Before worship started, I had nothing planned to say. Maybe one thing. Um, but we just stand here today grateful. Grateful to this body, to this church, to the leaders that were just standing here. Um, and to leaders in our life who, uh, even outside of this room, have just impacted us deeply. I just think through... Um, think through my family and extended family and the people who have impacted me to be here today, um, local church leaders who have just poured into us. And I know Olivia and I just have lists and lists of people and names uh, that have just impacted us so deeply in our walk with the Lord. Not about pastoring. No one, no one really knew we would be here. Um, and that's great, but uh, they just impacted us because they loved us. And that's what's beautiful. I do just want to take a minute to just thank my mom and dad. Um, what an honor it's been to be your son. I didn't ever get to choose it. But if I could choose, I would choose you as my parents. And uh, I'm just so grateful for how you poured into me when it was difficult, um, when it was challenging, when I was tough to lead. Um, I just have even scenes pop in my head right now of some of the difficulties I put you through, and I'm just so grateful for the way that you've loved me and poured out grace again and again, and just thank you, and to this church, hopefully, if if um, Olivia and I can serve well, you don't know how these people will have impacted you, and that's the beauty of the kingdom of God, is that it reproduces, and a seed's planted and grown, and so I just want to thank you, mom and dad, for the way you've poured out. And thank you so much to Mike and Cindy. And we'll say this again and again and again, but um, Mike and Cindy have meant so much to us since we moved here not even that long ago and just poured into us and mentored us and loved on us and given us grace when we've said dumb things. And it's just been wonderful. And I just honor this man who has served this church so well, so faithfully. I just look at the lives impacted in this room. I look at this building and the vision that was poured out on this and for this community. And I just echo what's been said. Well done, Mike. Well done, Cindy. We love you guys. And we're honored to pick up a baton from you and so grateful for how you've handed it off well. I could go on and on with gratitude, but we're going to be here for a long time if I do that. But I just want to say, it's kind of the first thing I can say beyond gratitude um, to everyone. Um, can Are my kids in here? Elie and Edison. <clears throat> I see Edison. If you want to grab them. There are some priorities in the life of a pastor. And there are some things that pastors have gotten wrong uh, many times. And there's there's a beauty in the calling of being a pastor as Doug and Ben have talked about. Um, it's a beautiful calling. It's a real calling. But I just want to stand here today and even in front of these kids when they'll never understand this or remember. And just say... Victory Church, this is my first calling right here. 
to love this family. And I love you guys deeply. And I hope you know that now and we'll know it on beyond today. But I just got to tell you, this is my number one. So if you... If you ever find me putting them first, that's just going to have to be okay. This is my first calling. Come here, Bubba. And if you ever see me, you want to say something? Yeah. If you ever, uh, if you ever see me putting you ahead of them, tell me to stop. Someone, uh, thank you guys. Love you guys. Someone asked me a couple weeks ago, and I've shared this with some people since, um, Matt, What's your greatest fear? This was two weeks ago. Someone asked me, what's your greatest fear? And, it, and I thought for a long time, this person did not anticipate that I would take so long to respond. And I apologize to them. They said, what's your greatest fear? And I just thought and thought and thought, it's my greatest fear. And at first, my answer was wrong. I said, my greatest fear is that in one year, the whole church will look and I'll look and say, this was an abstract failure. We missed it. Matt was not the guy. And then we went on and, and talked for a little while. And then I actually came back and said, you know what? That was not right. My greatest fear would be that I would put this calling ahead of my primary calling of loving my family. Well, that would be my greatest fear is that I would succeed in front of everyone's eyes, but um, not pour into the first thing God gave me. And that's Olivia and LEA and Edison. So um, I love them deeply. I, the last, really the last thing I want to say, and then am I supposed to pray and dismiss? Is that how this works? You'll do it? Great. I'll hand it back to you. Just two things. Last week I preached on um, envy, and I haven't been able to get this, uh, and that's really not what I'm trying to speak to here, but I, I haven't been able to get this landing point out of my mind this week, and that was on the story of John the Baptist. And when when John had been sent before Jesus, and um, and he was sent out into the wilderness, and people were coming, and his ministry was growing. And if he were here in modern day, he, he would have had a really big church. He would have been that crazy guy with a towel and calling out, calling out uh, government leaders. And, and but he had a big following. Then Jesus came along. John baptized him, and slowly Jesus' ministry started taking off, and people were leaving John and going and following Jesus. And John's disciples, his leadership team, came to him and said, "John, you realize you're you're losing your ministry in a sense. I mean, people are leaving you." John's response was, "He must increase. I must decrease." That was John's heart. And I just want to say from day one in this role, my heart, Jesus must increase. Matt Cherry must decrease. I must decrease. And uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful calling. And, and I just see that as so much of my primary role. My primary job is to, when people come and they're in need and we minister to Bowton and I'm excited to impact more lives and to hopefully touch some of your lives and just serving the Lord and loving you well and unconditionally. Jesus must increase. I can't. I can't. Um, I really sense a calling, and this is a Francis Chan term. This is not mine, but Francis talks about how our calling in ministry is to just work in emergency room triage. People come. They need the doctor. That, that those people sitting in triage, the receptionists, the nurses, they can't help, but they know someone who can. And I just want to say to you, Victory, that's my heart, is that I can just be a triage nurse for you. When you come, 
you've got a need. I'm going to push you through the doctor and the doctor is Jesus. And so that's just my heart. Um, I had, I was spending some time alone last night, a uh, short time. It wasn't a lot. I had just some time in the car alone. And I just three, three things come to my heart. Um, they're not that special. Um, but just three things that I thought I might share this morning now that I think about it. I had jotted them down. Number one, just as, just felt like my calling for a new season. Just stay in the fight. Stay faithful. Love well. Stay in the fight. Number two, unlock doors. Where there's a door that needs to be unlocked, let's unlock it. Let's go to new places. Let's go to hidden places where there's darkness and let's touch new lives. And number three, this has always just felt so deeply my calling. Just we, we talk about unconditional love. And unconditional love is beautiful, a love that is active and a, and a love that goes beyond just, hey, here's what I can get back for what you can give me. But I really want to serve unconditionally, serve with unconditional love. And this is something that I've seen my dad do so, so well. Is that when there, there are people who are in need and it doesn't make sense that they would be loved, he served them well. And it's the most beautiful witness that I've Im- seen that and can imitate that. A life that has served well even when it's not deserved, even when the world says, hey, that person doesn't deserve any more love. They've, they've had their dues, they had their opportunity. Um, give them what they deserve now. I want to serve unconditionally. That's hard, it's painful, but it's beautiful. So, those are kind of the few things I had to say this morning. I'm really excited about the times ahead. I know my voice sounds really sad and dreary, but I'm really excited about the time ahead. Um, uh, last night, you'll, uh, you'll guys find me say stuff like this again and again. And I've, Olivia has pretty much cleared me to say, Hey, we're kind of an open book. Last night, we laid down to go to sleep and we had a little conflict right before bed. Um, has anyone ever had that right before you go to sleep? Just a little conflict. And um, Olivia and I, and I were just talking about, you know, readiness, and it, it was a busy week, and we maybe we kind of missed each other along the way, if that makes sense. There's just a lot going on this week, and um, and we were just talking about readiness. We ended up just talking about tomorrow. Are we ready? Are we are we ready to do this? And then I just told Olivia this that in my mind today is a big day and we've made a big deal of it and Doug's here Ben's here and we're grateful today is a wonderful big day but but today is not nearly as important to me as when it was 2014 2015 and I was 14 15 years old and I just laid at an altar and just said Lord you can use me however you want to that was the big day that was the big day. And this is not a sermon or an altar call, but I just want to encourage you. You don't have to be here and be set in as some senior leader, some lead pastor, yada, yada, the titles and all. You can have that big day any day to just lay down and say, Lord, you can use me however you want to. And then when you get to a different day and you find yourself doing something new, and today is that for me, um, and you'll have your own, um, you can just look back and say, you know, that was the big day. This is just a piece of the puzzle, and this is just another step. So I'm excited to lead and to serve and love love everyone and every face I look at in this building. And, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful. So thank you, guys. Well, you've been so patient. Thank you for being patient. It is an important day. It's... Uh, 
Matt and Olivia understand this, and I hope the congregation does too. As important as today is, it's not the destination. This is just a stop along the way, but an important one. You know, this is launching us to wherever the Lord's going to be leading us. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going to say anything more. If you're here in a couple of weeks, I'll have a lot to say, but not today. So with that, Father, we just thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives, the lives of all of us in this room. God, we are so blessed, Father, to know how much you love us, even when we don't deserve it, that you have plans for us that we can't see yet. But Lord, we know that your plans are good and your purposes will be accomplished. We just thank you for Matt and Olivia and their family. We thank you for their parents being able to be here with us today. What a blessing. Father, we pray for each one here that as we leave this place, we go understanding that you have plans for each and every one of us as we go our separate ways. Every day, you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. God, give us ears to hear your voice wherever we go, whatever we do. And I ask now that you would protect each and every one of us as we leave here this morning. And we just pray, God, that you have been glorified in everything that's been done, everything that's been said here this morning. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day.